The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. I think this week we are going to get real, real personal. Yes. It's not like we shy away from it, but I just feel like sometimes there are topics and things that we discuss Mm -hmm. that we get a little more personal about because it affects us. Yeah. And today, a topic that definitely affects me, it affects my family. Uh, So I'm excited to dive into this conversation. Yeah, before we get into that, though, a reminder to uh, follow us on the socials. Uh, We got the YouTube thing, the liking, the subscribing, the reviewing, all those things. After six and a half years, you think that we would figure this out, Holly, and we haven't. No, not for a second. So we're doing the best we can. But if the word anxiety triggers anything in your heart, then you're going to want to listen to this and share this episode with other people in your life who are also going through that journey. Our incredible guest for this week, uh, Cordy Devich. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm about. I'm sitting at about an eight and a half, a nine. Uh, okay. Holly, where are I'm, you? I'm living and breathing. It's <laughs> been okay. poorly before I start to like have a coughing attack. <laughs> oh, it's the beginning oh. of the school year, so I'm on like cold number three. It's really exciting. Cordy, we like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go, and that is, uh, who are you, and where did you come from? All right. Well, um, I want to go way, way back. I came from Montana. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Other there. side of the country. Um, but I um, stay-at-home mom to three little ones. My oldest is in kindergarten. My middle child to start preschool. And I have a five-month-old baby. So oh, um, wow. I'm sleep-deprived, too, here. So, oh, um, cool. But I became a stay-at-home mom, actually, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, prior to that, I worked in retail management and human human resources. So I'm using that college degree um, and management skills to manage children and tantrums and everything. I think that I would rather take 200 employees um, knocking on my door for something <laughs> than handing out all the fruit snacks. But um, so that's a little bit about me. Uh, my husband and I, we've uh, lived to, or we've lived in Michigan now here for almost six years. You know, he mm. brought me all the way across the country um, here in Michigan. Uh, we've been married for almost, or no, we've been married for seven years now. So um, that's just a little bit about me. And I'm a mama running on Jesus and reheated coffee. And yes. <laughs> yep. So you know all you... about the uh, seasonal four colds before Christmas. Yes. Yes. I'm hoping we get them all out of the way because we're actually going to Montana for Christmas. Um, My first time home for Christmas in like 12 years. So I'm like, get it all out of your systems now. Get it all out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I was going to ask whether or not you still go back to Montana. Um, So was it Montana, then Michigan, and that's it? Or did you kind of peruse through in between? I was born and raised in Billings. Um, It's just the largest city in Montana. About 120,000 people. Humble brag. Um, <laughs> when people ask me, like, you grew up in Montana, you like, um, you know, have cement roads and stuff. I'm like, yes, I lived in the city. I did not actually like ever step, like go on a horse until I was 19. Um, they just think of the Yellowstone TV show. Yes. Um, and yeah. that's, no, that's not how I lived. Um, but then I went to college at the University of Montana, which is in Missoula, on the other side of the state, about five five hours away from where I grew up. Um, and then Michigan after that. So those are the only three places I've been. <laughs> nice. You know, when we make that big move, because I did a similar one. So you were in Montana. I was in Alberta, mm-hmm. which is right above Montana. 
Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Ontario and you moved to Michigan. Michigan, yeah. And we're like right on top of each other. It's a huge, yeah. like that's more than 3,000 kilometers, also close to 3,000 miles as well. And okay, I was going to say, I don't know what a kilometer yeah, is, yeah. but yep. <laughs> we're, we're tracking. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to do the conversions here. Uh, that's a hard move. It's like a yeah. different culture. It's a different way of it, doing things. It's different yep. sometimes. Yep. How was that move for you? And did you have a hard time settling in? Uh, I would say it was really difficult. Uh, my oldest was four months old at the time. So oh my goodness. Um, that's hard. Yeah, We moved. Uh, we bought our house sight unseen because it was the middle of December um, when we bought the house. We moved in January and then literally shipped everything over and we flew because there was no way I was going to do that drive in January with a newborn. Yeah. Um, so I'd say I had a lot of depression um, after that big move, just a lot of change. Um, I was working at the time 45 minutes away from my house, which is oh, like wow. you, you could be in another town. I mean, you are in another town here in Michigan, everything's so much closer together, whereas like Montana, everything's spread out. So it was like, I could have just, you know, driven super it just it felt really weird the whole commuting yeah. lifestyle was not um anything i'd grown up with um yes culturally very different um a lot more diverse out here for sure um so yeah it was it was a struggle and i'm like why didn't i move somewhere like south like where there's you know warm weather <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just like, well. went straight across and still we got winter over here it's raining right now so yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, we will dive into mama's got anxiety and, and your, uh, your book, but was, uh, like you had said, you dealt with depression, you're dealing yeah. with all the feels. Was, was this something that you had growing up or was this something that kind of became new to you as you're going through these transitions? Um, I've struggled off and on with depression for uh, a long time. Um, I was first diagnosed with it at 13. Um, and saw, I don't even know. I mean, I saw a psychiatrist, psychologist, like mm. all of the different terms that you can imagine. Um, I struggled with suicide ideation at 15. Mm. Um, I, um, did some self-harm to myself, um, at the age of 19. Uh, it was not a suicide attempt, but I, I just wanted to feel something. And so I, cut myself um so yes depression is definitely a part of my story as well as the anxiety for sure um here's a a triggering phrase for you um just trust jesus more Mm -hmm. um those are some of the things that people still say i I think you've come a long way i I would like to hope Mm -hmm. in that christian community about just dealing with people that have uh, mental health depression and anxiety if someone has heard that term and felt like the onus is on them, what would you say to someone who's in that situation and feeling guilty about those feelings? Yeah, Um, I would say specifically with anxiety, um, I always point to the fact that we all are capable of anxiety. It is a God-given gift in a sense because that fight or flight response is supposed to take over and the adrenaline coursing through your veins so that you can save yourself if you are in a life-threatening situation. That's the whole point of it. That's mm-hmm. what makes it God-given. Um, when it becomes an anxiety disorder is when there's no threat there and it's just up, 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 it's just heighten, heighten, and you're, um, that fight or flight response is just being released too often. Um, so it is like feeling like you are constantly um, under attack or there's something to be afraid mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah. 
And so that's a physical response though. That is not um, something our bodies are capable of. And it's a physical like brokenness in our bodies because it's, it's not your fault. Like you, you can trust Jesus and you can read your Bible every day and pray to him. And yes, he will meet you in all of that. And he, his peace um, surpasses all understanding, but it's your body is just, it's broken. Just like if you were to have diabetes or um, cancer, the common cold, our bodies are capable of mental illness as well. So that's what I would say. It's, it's a mental health condition um, of the brain. It's not a problem with your faith two-part question to this. Uh, we, we talk about you being married and having kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Does your husband deal with any of that? My husband has anxiety as well. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I know people have asked me before, like, what do you say to your husband who doesn't, um, you know, believe that, you know, because there are a lot of women will reach out to me and they're like, oh, I just, my husband just tells me to get over it. It's just in my mind. Yes. Um, and I would say like he, for sure, when we first started dating, didn't understand why I needed antidepressants for depression. Like he didn't understand why it, he couldn't make me happy. And I needed a pill in order to do it. Cause you know, they call it the happy pill. Yeah. Um, but, uh, with him, it, it did take me a long time to like, tell him like, Hey, you got it. You got it too. You're anxious too. <laughs> like, it's just, it, you know, it's just, I just me. it's not just me. I think maybe you should go talk to your doctor, but, um, <laughs> so him and I, it is kind of very interesting dynamics in our house because, um, we're constantly trying to talk each other down. Um, yeah. but at the same time, there are some things that make me anxious that doesn't make him anxious and vice versa. Um, so it is helpful to talk to each other and be like, all right, I'm worried about this. I'm afraid of this. Is this rational? Should I be con- like worried about or concerned? Um, like for instance, just recently, um, our oldest son had a field trip at school and they were doing, parent chaperones so my kid was gonna be driving in a car with another child or another parent behind the wheel and so i was anxious about it and i asked him mm. and, you know he's anxious about it too i'm like okay great um so <laughs> you know i had to really like wrestle with it before i signed the permission form of like does this make sense do I really need to be worried about this like Otherwise, you know, I'd be saying, oh, you're never going to go on any field trips because your school doesn't have a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it rationalizing it and be like, okay, I know the mom he's driving with. She's an ER nurse. Like he should be safe. If it was me and I was behind the wheel of a car with other people's children, I'm going to be, you know, driving really slow and they're yeah. all taking the same path. They were going to an orchard. Um, it's a very Michigan thing <laughs> going to the orchard. Um, so yeah, it is definitely sometimes a struggle with when both parents um, are struggling with anxiety. Um, yeah, we make, make it work here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I was curious about because my wife has a, has the type of anxiety, the social anxiety of, you know, yeah. getting in front of people and, and speaking. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get yeah. it at all. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why can't you just do it? Just get yeah. up there. No one cares. And she's like, you know, just a big ball of stress and anxiety. And I mean, you know, Holly mm-hmm. and I've worked together for 20 years and yeah. I've seen her, struggles with i mean i'm not going to speak for you holly but just kind of that as well so i I just never understood it so i love to dive into you know what makes all of you guys tick yeah Yeah. everything (laughs) (laughs) we don't even know sometimes what it is that's making us anxious we just are yeah yeah it's like those days you wake up and you're like i just feel anxious today 
-hmm. husband also doesn't understand it. And so he's like, I didn't know anxiety until I knew you. I'm like, great. Right. I'm like the personification of anxiety for you. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it made him, I think, see people in a different way. Uh, helped mm -hmm. him with his employees because yeah. clearly we are not the only ones that struggle with anxiety. And so mm -hmm. uh, it's a beautiful thing when someone in your life has or doesn't have it regardless, because you can pull different things from that relationship mm -hmm. and support each other and or learn how to support someone with anxiety. So yeah. Yeah. books like this, Mom's Got Anxiety, are so important because yeah. people sometimes feel alone. I think especially in the church. Um, growing up, no one wanted to admit that they had anxiety or it was just like, oh, you're worrying too much. Give mm -hmm. it to Jesus. And mm -hmm. it's it's, uh, it's more than just that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah. So go at, you're now in a new place. You have a, a infant. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. working. I mean, of course, those are all triggers for anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. How did you create a support system in your new community? Because it takes some time. Well, and then you go through COVID. Um, <laughs> and it's, yes. Yes. yes um, didn't really have a support system um, through COVID. Um, but coming out of COVID now, um, we've been a part of a wonderful church community that is very supportive. I've never been told just to pray more. Um, I'm actually doing a, a book study um, with a group of moms through the church. So that's just very supportive of all of that. Um, really like getting into small groups um, is one way that, because my husband works from home and then me being a stay-at-home mom, it's like, how do we meet people um, mm. and make friends as grownups? <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, getting connected into to small groups and Bible studies has been huge. Um, and then it's just, when you tell people you're writing a book, there's no way to hide that you have anxiety when that's the topic of the book. So um, that has like been an opener that I've had to like get over. Just, you know, I have anxiety about my anxiety book, but here I'm going to share it with you. Yeah. Um, and so that's been something that's been uh, very interesting because I typically don't I, the book is an open book. Obviously, mm. I share a lot of vulnerable yeah. stuff, but um opening up with somebody in person like that um has been more challenging for me and having to have those conversations like early on and like oh yeah i'm an author like uh -huh, yep i wrote a, i wrote about anxiety you should read about the embarrassing things i do yeah, um right? <laughs> so uh but yes i would say definitely getting connected with a church that um is supportive of mental health um mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, once you start opening up about it, you, you know, where, where, and, and, and I'll honestly, like you can have no church is perfect. There's going to be some people that may have opinions about it or not yep. understand. Yeah. Um, not everybody that attends the same church is going to think the same or have the same, you know, theology. Um, but just, you know, if they approach it in a, in a way that's like, can you like, tell me more about this or, you know have those gracious conversations. This is more like advice for somebody who doesn't understand um, because yeah, it is difficult for somebody to talk about, especially if they have anxiety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, approaching it from just like, can you just, you know, tell me a little bit about your struggles or what, you know, what's like a trigger for you or something like that um, can help open that conversation in a gracious way, as opposed to, well, have you tried praying or have you read this, this verse and what this, mm -hmm. um, yes, it, 
uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, uh, do not be anxious about anything. Have you read that one? Yes, I have. Some Once or twice. Um, <laughs> it's tattooed, actually, on my neck. Thanks anyway. But I mean, if you're going through all of this, I mean, it's one thing to deal with anxiety. It's another thing for you and close family to know that you have it. At what point, though, were you like, you know what I want to do just to make this even, you know, more anxious is I want to write a book about it and I want people <laughs> to know all. Of- Why did you decide to then write it? Yeah. Ah, it's only God because I, <laughs> I really, really didn't want to. I'll be honest. Um, I, I talk about in the book too. Like after I hit submit, I went and started writing another book. I was like, this isn't going to happen. This isn't mm. the book I need to write. But it just was this. I was going through a panic attack one night. Um, could not tell you what I was anxious about or what was going on, but I could not breathe laying flat in bed. So I got up and I went to the couch and I had my knees up, pressed up against my chest, just trying to take each breath in. And um, as I had started calming down, I'm like, I need to be writing about this. Mm. And God first nudged me to write the book. And this was in um, November of 2020 when I first started writing it. Um, I was still in quarantine because of the fear of this virus taking my babies from me. And the first time I sat down to write 8,000 words came out, which is a lot in the writing world. Um, and I, not all of that has survived <laughs> through that editing process, but it, it really, it showed that there was a story there. And for mm. me, the book was therapeutic. It was me because I was not, like I said, I was still in quarantine when I started writing. I was not healed by any means. I was not on the other side of full peace. And, um, oh, look at, you know, where I, where I've come, um, which is, I think, totally a different approach to a self-help book because normally you Mm. write about it afterwards, like, oh, I'm healed and then write about it. But I was writing about it as I was going through it, um, and journeying through all of that. So, it was therapeutic for me. And obviously it was something God wanted to happen because it never crossed my mind that it was going to actually happen because I literally yeah. went and started writing another book. <laughs> um, Cause you know, they tell you, you need to have these big platforms and no. um, social media followers and everything. I'm like, I don't have all that. Like nobody wants to read a book about me. Um, but yeah. And so only God um, is what I can say made that happen. And and definitely a lot of the enemy attacking me did not want this book to come mm. out. So a lot of um, spiritual warfare there. Um, but only God is what I can say to that. <laughs> when you're in the midst of writing it, were there certain things that you wrestled with that, oh, I don't want that to be in it. I don't want to tell the story about this. Or were you kind of just, I'm going to be open about all of it and we'll just see how this turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that there were, um, parts of my life that I did want to be very careful with in regards to my children sure, and, um, what they went through, um, throughout the COVID quarantine and everything. Um, and so I was very sensitive to that because I don't, it's my story. I don't want it to be their story. Yeah. Um, and so there were parts that I, I was very careful with that. Um, I would say chapter four, I was, I addressed, you know, like, is anxiety a sin and the whole um, idea of like, is our faith a problem? So that was one that I really wanted to make sure it was fully rooted in scripture. And then I was not just like getting too blunt (laughs) or like letting my own emotions and my own um, feelings kind of take over because of, you know, comments from other people that I've, I've had to deal with. Um, And then I would say 
a hard one, surprisingly, that was a, a chapter for me to write about was um, not being able to sleep at night because that's something I still struggle with um, is the racing thoughts at night. So that was a little bit of like, okay, what can I, <laughs> and I just, I just approached it from a comforting position of like, you know, if you're up all night, just thinking racing thoughts, like talk to God about it. And then like, okay, if you fall asleep while you're praying, that's okay. Cause he just probably rocked you to sleep. You know, like that's yeah. just how I kind of had to approach that chapter because that's my life. Um, just still the racing minds at night and, and God put me to sleep and waking up and like, did I finish that prayer? Okay. I think, <laughs> amen, Lord. Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that story for you. What role did your faith play in your entire journey from when you were younger and you realized you had anxiety and depression to today? So I would say when I struggled with depression as a teenager and suicidal thoughts, um, I was a part of a church that really, um, it's, it, I would not have been going to heaven um, for those thoughts that I was having. And I um, really felt a lot of shame and sin for my thoughts um, and either the suicidal ideation or just like being depressed in general. Like, what do I have to, you know, be depressed about? I'm a healthy person with air in my lungs. Um, so I would say that the church itself that I was a part of um, didn't, have the right conversations about it. And so as a young teen, I felt far away from Jesus. Um, and that sort of pushed me away from him because I believed I was unworthy of him and that, um, I, you know, where could he be in all of this? Um, and so I would say though, going through, um, becoming a mom and like the postpartum depression and anxiety that I've dealt with, um, has really brought me back to Jesus, um, diving into scripture and looking for myself about what he says about Mm. anxiety and, um, even depression and the times when people have just been in that lowest point and where has he been? He's, he's been right there. Um, not always will he like pull us out of the, out of the pit, like, um, but he'll be right there and and comfort us. Um, so that's really what has strengthened and brought me back to Jesus. And then I would say that my anxiety then has brought me even closer because when I'm anxious, I'm going to him in prayer, I'm reading my Bible. Um, and so, I mean, I've even just the past five months being postpartum with baby number three, um, struggled with postpartum depression again. And, um, no idea why I have a beautiful baby, healthy baby, um, avoided having a preterm birth or anything like that this time, but, um, he was feeling far from me. And it was obviously around the time this book was coming out and all of the things. So, um, I, I just, I pray to him, just, you know, pull me out of this pit and I promise I'll come back and I'll take another mama and bring her out with me. Um, so it is, it's definitely been something that I feel I'm getting to my why me moment here because <laughs> I'm crying here. Yeah. Dive um, right on in. It definitely feels like it's just been, I've gone through all this and, and done, done all of this, wrote the book and I've experienced all this to help the other woman that is in the pit or is in a ball curled up in a panic attack, um, because she's living in fear. Um, so that is why I believe that I've gone through all of this. And I believe that 
Um, it's strengthened my faith. And then yes, when there's seasons where I'm, I've been in that pit, just like more recently here, it's a, I promise I'll go back and I'll get the other mama out. Um, because that's what I believe. That's the whole point of the hard in life and the trials and tribulations that we go through is so that we can point others to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is beautiful. And I think, um, a lot of moms just in the PPD season of life, they're like, I don't, I might be better off not here. Uh, and it's heartbreaking when you hear that they aren't having the support that they need in what I would call Mm -hmm. the, um, fourth trimester. Um, Yeah, you know, it's more about my opinion, the mama care. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I love that you are praying that God will use these moments to help you help other people. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. such a, a beautiful place to be. I had postpartum anxiety. I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. until my midwife was like, hey, I think you have PPA because they don't test for that. It's no, they don't. And I was like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm feeling great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I, um, this last one, there was like, I think two questions on my OB questionnaire that was asking more about anxiousness. And I was that's like, that's, I feel like new because I don't remember that with the other two babies. And then even... Yeah. Because, you, you know, the um, OB usually checks on you, what, six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. And then that's yeah. like, it. Hey, oh, we'll see you again at your yeah. annual. Um, my pediatrician then, though, um, had the same screening questionnaire at my baby's two-month and four-month checkup. Um, and Because it wasn't, it didn't really start showing itself until more like eight weeks postpartum. Um, so yeah. I was yeah. feeling good at the six weeks. And then my pediatrician got like an earful and a bunch of tears. And she's like, are you okay? Do I need to call somebody to check on you? And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's okay. My husband works from home. Like, he'll be, I'll be fine. Like, I'll, I'll go to therapy. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, yes, we're bringing more awareness to the whole anxiety PPA, too, um, because I think a lot of moms just think that it's normal to be sitting there obsessing about, like, SIDS and all yeah. the things. And then it's not. a lot of people just say, like, oh, it's just hormones. You just need a nap or something, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess in some ways it is, but... When it's consuming you yes. and that's all you're yes. thinking about, um, mm-hmm. it's important to to talk to people. And it can happen, I believe, any time between the baby's born to two years after. And I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just we always just got to keep on checking on our mamas. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of mamas. Johnny's like, what are you talking about? No, I, I just have any of hormonal issues. <laughs> you guys just get so serious, and all I want to do is make jokes and make people laugh. And I'm like, I still look seven months pregnant. And, you know, I just, but you guys are being serious. So I'm like, I'll just sit back and I'll listen to you guys. You guys understand each other. And I'm like, the, the thing is, though, is that, and I mean, I don't know if you have an answer for this. Like, when you write the book, then there's going to be people who read it. So it, it, <laughs> yes, it's kind of like, what do you, <laughs> What do you want people to get out of it? But then again, you're also now creating a community that probably a lot of people didn't know was there. So it's kind of a twofold into, okay, people read the book. What do you want them to get? And then what do we do after? Because I'm guessing it's this is not a book about healing. Um. So yeah, I I even say in the introduction that I'm not completely healed of my anxiety. Um. The book is not focused on that. It is about... Oh. My joy was taken from me <laughs> in my motherhood when I became a stay-at-home mom during the pandemic, and I was just crumpled down here in fear, um, living one anxiety attack after another. And this is, you know, 
you're supposed to enjoy being a stay-at-home mom. And like, I mean, there are hard days, obviously, but you know, everybody says like how much I wish I could just be able to stay home with my babies. And you're just so blessed you get to do that. And I did not feel like I was able to enjoy any of it. So it was um, about, or the book is more about how if you're in debilitating anxiety to the point where you're not able to enjoy motherhood because you are living with so much fear about something bad happening to your children, you're clinging on to so much control about your children um, and the influences of the world of this world and just all the things um, it's about how to cope with your anxiety so that it doesn't steal your joy. Um, mm. And that's really what the message I wanted of it. And I also wanted it to the mom to feel like she's not alone. Um, I get, a, I've gotten a lot of comments from readers who have gone through it, um, the book and have said like, I thought I was the only one who thought thoughts like this, or I used just so relatable. Like I, you know, I, I, like I, I did not want to sugarcoat it by any means. I wanted to be very honest and blunt about all the embarrassing, vulnerable things that have happened to me because of my anxiety so that other moms did not feel like they closed the book and like, okay, well, good for her um, yeah. kind of thing. I wanted them to be able to close the book and be like, okay, I can, I can cope with this. I can manage with this. Even if it's just temporarily, you know, being able to get on the other side of this panic attack or through this hard season that I'm going through, like, yes, there can be ups and downs when it comes to your mental health. Like I've had depression come and go so many times, but like, how can we cope with it practically and biblically so that it does not steal our joy from us. And that's the main thing that I really wanted the reader to come away with. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's important too, because sometimes you can look at your depression or your anxiety and just think, uh, well, that's all she wrote folks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even in those moments, there is still joy. You can find that silver lining. What is mm-hmm. one story for you? Uh, just about that kind of being able to reframe those moments. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, well, like I said, I kind of have like journeyed through the process as I wrote the book. Um, and for me, I was really anxious about having another baby um, because of my preterm birth history um, issues with just um, high risk pregnancies and all the things. And uh, even though my doctor had said that we could have another baby, it was safe. Um, I really wrestled with, do I want to have another baby, go through all of that again and have another child to be anxious about. Um, so kind of my like full circle story as through this writing process, being able to take my joy back. Um, I decided that having, having anxiety, but having more anxiety is not something that is a total thing you can have anxiety about having anxiety and it can make you avoid things or even like have more panic attacks because you're anxious about having another panic attack um and so I decided that that was not what was going to keep me from having a third baby and so we found out we were pregnant two weeks after um I submitted the manuscript to my editor so perfect timing. That's just sort of my like reclaiming my joy story, full circle story here. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I made it to 37 weeks with him. <laughs> we didn't have a preterm birth or anything and he's very healthy baby. So, um, Yay. yes, I took my joy back and God blessed me with another bundle of joy. <laughs> yes. Aw, that's so good. We kind of already alluded to your why me moment. 
mm-hmm. um, with it being, you know, why you're writing the book and in those valleys. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to that? I think that it just all comes back to um, the comfort that we receive from Jesus so that we can then go in, out and comfort others. So I talk a lot in the book about the chapter about just feeling all alone in our anxiety. And um, I'm actually leading a book group right now of some moms through my church um, reading it together and being able to just talk about it and have like, I think it's been helpful to just have honest conversations with each other about like, oh, this makes me anxious. And oh, I thought yeah. I was the only one who like we got on the subject of grape cutters the other night. Um, because Grapes terrify me with my kids yeah. now. Yes, there is such a thing as a grape cutter. You can put the grape in it and it'll cut the grape. I didn't even know this. I needed one of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is one of those anxious mom must-haves. You need a grape cutter. Look at Um, Johnny. He's just like shaking his head like, (laughs) ladies, dude, grapes kill. (laughs) Hot dogs. Hot dogs kill. I've never heard of grapes being a problem. Yeah, it's a thing. Yes. Um, so really just knowing that you're not alone in your anxiety and uh-huh. that God will use it for good, whether it's to bring you closer to him, whether it's to help you build your faith in him and trust in him, or whether it's to have you go out and help comfort another mama who's going through the same valley. Um, that is, I believe, the whole why of why we struggle with our mental health um, mm-hmm. here on this earth is to help others. I have one last question, and and you could say no, you don't want to be a spoiler, but you had mentioned twice that you were writing the book and you started writing something else. You said, yes. I'm not going to do this book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something. Are you writing? Is there a second book in the works or are you just not wanting to talk about this because then it's going to be out in public and then you'd have to write it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accountability, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have started another book. Okay. I do not know um, if it will be published or come to fruition yeah. eventually someday. Sometimes it's just kind of like therapeutic to just start and get typing on the on the keyboard there. So um, yeah. hopefully there's another book in me. Okay. Um, stay tuned, maybe. mama has <laughs> uh, got anxiety, but it's not going to steal her joy. Available now, to, uh, Courtney Devich, author on the Insta. Courtney, this yeah. has uh, been awesome. Thank you so very much for being open and honest and willing to share your heart today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate when we can have a guest just be feel like they can be open and honest about what they're going through. Yeah, 100%. I think in this day and age, it's really beautiful when people just share their journey where they're at. And the fact that she said, I'm not, I'm not through this. I'm not over this. And we're probably going to deal with a lot of these things for the rest of our lives. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to deal with all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And here's the tools that I use on repeat to navigate this situation. It does go to show though. And we talk about community being such a thing, but just how important Mm -hmm. community is, whether it's family community, neighbors, community, church community, that we need to reach out and have those relationships. Yeah. And I remember when I was going through postpartum anxiety, um, community came up a lot and it was yeah. the lack of community. People are busy. They feel like they're supporting you, but not in the way you specifically need support. And yeah. so uh, it's important to ask, what is it that you need? I actually saw a really beautiful thing on the Insta, as you say, mm. Johnny. 
Yeah. Uh, and it was a mom not having a baby shower, but having a nesting party. So they What's talk that? about moms going into that nesting phase before the baby is due. Okay. But sometimes the mom's too tired or in too much pain to do the things. And so people came over and they cleaned the house, they stocked her pantry, they made her ready-made meals and did all the things to take care of her. So when the baby came, she knew it was done. And I just thought no. that was such a beautiful way of showing love, not just having a party and then she goes home and she's by herself with these gifts, but like every day when she sees things done, she'll be constantly reminded that she's got community and people love her and are there for her in a That's tangible, good. real way. So yeah. we need to have more nesting parties, whether we're having babies or not, just come alongside each other and, and supporting each other. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Courtney, for saying yes. Thank you to you for downloading and checking out the podcast on all the different platforms that we're on and following us on all the different socials, Holly. Yes, all the socials, including YouTube. Plus, you can always go to faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.